0: On this episode of Athletic Training Chat, we have Dr. Natasha Denmark, who is an educator at a JUCO level, plus also does a lot of education in corporate um, healthcare and doing that on a large scale within a large corporation, which we talk about in this episode. Uh, Both very unique aspects of athletic training and where our skills and our expertise and our education can take us in terms of our roles. Um, and providing information to not only students but also um, within just the larger corporate world so tons to take away she also shares an extremely impactful story about her experience with diversity equity and inclusion and just things she has gone through in her life so we're grateful to her for having shared that as always we are powered by Mueller Sports Medicine Uh, we want to thank them for their continued support of not only us but the profession Uh, always give them a consideration for your healthcare needs they've got a lot of stuff uh, that they're working on always trying to come out with something new and improved to help both the patients that we support and that they support so uh, check them out their new revive is fantastic Uh, very competitive in terms of price so definitely thank you and check out to Mueller Sports Medicine without further ado please enjoy this episode On this episode of Athletic Training Chat, we have Dr. Natasha Denmark, who we are talking about kind of a wide variety of topics, actually. Uh, we connected because we put out a, you know, New Year's resolution, you want to be on a podcast, and uh, Natasha responded in some form. And so we reached out and came up with some topics uh, to talk about and looking at athletic training education, but kind of in a different venue of that, which it will be very interesting. I'm looking forward to hear about Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and we'll get into that. And then also corporate healthcare education um, at what sounds to be a not small um, organization uh, that she works with. So we kind of an interesting array of topics, but some that'll be very interesting, I'm sure. But before we get into that, just wanted to turn it over to you to kind of fill in a little bit of your background, um, how you got to where you are, and then we'll kind of jump into all the topics.
1: Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you for having me. I think uh you did a great job with like everywhere that I've been. I do want to add I'm also a mom, which is a huge part of my life. I have two little ones. And I have a three and a half year old and an eight month old. And oh wow. They, yeah, they run my world. So um I feel like all of these things is like everything that I worked hard for, right? My degrees, where I work, all of that, but um, you know, my, I think number one job is being a mom, which is why I work in corporate healthcare education. And one of the reasons, sure. um, so, yeah, I think number one being a, you know, mom to them, which has been awesome, but yeah, I, you know, I've had a lot of different experiences and worked in a lot of different areas within athletic training. And I think, uh, now working as an educator at the JUCO level has been really, it like brought me back to square one because I started at a community college or a JUCO. Uh-huh. um So it's back to square one for me. And then um, working in the corporate world has certainly been interesting, but I feel like it's a field and we'll talk more about this, but I feel like it's a field that I would love to like pull more athletic trainers into. So
0: it, I'm definitely curious to hear about just because it's a whole different take on everything and just how the all the skills apply. Um, if you're okay with that, just kind of to start with that, as you referenced the athletic training education and the JUCO level and how you started out at a community college. And if you don't mind, just kind of what does that wholly look like? Because as I kind of put in the questions, I'm sure they're not Katie approved programs, but, you know, teaching athletic training slash sports medicine or if you could elaborate what that is, um, please.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so there's a lot of community colleges actually, I think, around the country, but um, in California, there's a few. So we have what's called a sports medicine AS, so associate of science degree. Okay. And once the students are done, they Um, they have two kind of directions they can go. They can have a certificate in sports medicine or the AS degree in sports medicine. Usually they get both. Um, Sometimes they use it actually to work at physical therapy clinics as aides. So they use the certificate to start there. Um, But our goal is to get them through their bachelor's degree and into katie programs so obviously before we went into the master's level degree it was just a pipeline so i would work with my students we would get them the core classes and the um, experience to apply to katie approved bachelor's programs and they would go there become athletic trainers and so on now um I have revised a lot of my education because we have a whole course, which is the internship course where we talk about, okay, where, you know, what are the next steps? Where do you go from here? So now once they complete this degree, we talk a lot about, you know, either going into a specific science like anatomy, physiology, Mm -hmm. biology, and then into athletic training or continuing on the kinesiology route because our program is through the kinesiology Um, degree essentially so continuing the kinesiology route taking kinesiology classes and then applying to the master's level athletic training programs Um, so it's it's more of a pipeline some of them do have um, you know aspirations to work anywhere in sports medicine whether it's um, physical therapy, orthopedics, or if it's, you know, some of them do want to become, um, medical physician, doctors, (laughs) whatever the titles are. So, um, they have a lot of aspirations, but a lot of them are athletes. So like half of my classes are always athletes that play at the JUCO. So, um, they have either gotten hurt or they have seen someone get hurt. And now they're like, Oh, athletic training. This sounds cool because we've been hurt. Um, the interesting part I think also is because we're in California and California is you know we're the only non-regulated state and so it makes things a little bit harder like I try to push them to you know go outside of California go maybe research programs somewhere else try to get that experience but that being said you know a lot of the students are from low income backgrounds. They have to stay close to their families, things like that. So I try to also meet with them individually to like plan out a course of action, especially if they're going all the way through to getting this associative science degree in sports medicine, like where can you go? What can mm-hmm. you do? What is your best bet? And, um, we've done a lot with also, um, Amazon, like they have a fellowship that you can do for industrial athletic training. So um, yeah, I try to just like push them in any way, but it's a pipeline. It's a pipeline from, you know, starting at the beginning of your education and getting through and becoming an athletic trainer. I've also, this is the last thing I'll say about this. I've also had a few students who they have finished their bachelor's degree. And now they're applying to athletic training programs. But a lot of master's level athletic training programs still require you to have taken an intro to athletic training class, or some sort of like athletic training, informational class, you know, either your bachelor's level or community college. So a lot of them come back and take my class as they're applying to these programs. So I've done a lot of like, Letters of recommendation sure. for master's level programs, things like that to get them there.
0: That's awesome that you've kind of orchestrated and constructed all of that to mm-hmm. give those options and make it as seamless as possible for the person. And, you know, as you reference with everything going on with the switch to the masters, like that, those pipelines are so essential to keep finding people that are interested in it and mm-hmm. give them the, the least amount of resistance to get there yeah. so I uh, exactly. appreciate the work you're doing there.
1: Oh thank you yeah and hopefully it's you know they'll see like I try to bring examples from like my life I have um, a lot of like you know we talked about connecting through Twitter um, mm-hmm. my introduction to kinesiology or to, sorry to athletic training class I always have guest speakers and so I try to get people from different you know Um, settings to come in and talk to them so that's been really great because they you know they can kind of see like okay I don't I'm not like just doing this I can do a lot of different things which is I think like what I was stuck on when I was going through the different you know through my program like I have to work here you know and now it's like so much more than just one setting or two different settings or whatever it is.
0: Yes, my uh, career path has taken me nowhere uh, where I thought it would have when I was in my undergraduate program. Uh, <laughs> I literally haven't done what I thought I was going to do um, <laughs> in my undergrad, that that hasn't come through and that's okay. But yes, I understand right. that wholly. <laughs> um, oh, go ahead, Say <laughs> I that was just saying,
1: But you're doing big things, so that's yeah. awesome.
0: <laughs> we'll, use, we'll use big in a relative and a quote term. Um, very much shifting gears, um, but uh, just had pulled it out of your uh, Twitter bio is, you know, you're focusing on diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, your dissertation work on that, um, multiple questions on this, but I just want to start with you know, your definition or the, di- the definition of diversity, equity, and inclusion from the work you've done and, you know, the communities that you are a part of and work in.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, to me, I think I've heard a lot of definitions specifically on your podcast, but also, you know, throughout Twitter. And I feel like I pull from all of those. Sure. Um, for me, it's basically giving the access um, to include everyone that, you know, either has been marginalized or is continued to be marginalized giving access, being able to have that same le- playing level field, um, you know, what whatever that can take, because sometimes, you know, we have resources that someone else may not have. So having access to all of those resources, being able to serve every single community, whether it's, you know, a community that's well-known, not well-known, um, giving everyone the same exact resources so we can all, you know, just for example, get to that master's level Mm -hmm. athletic training program, right, Um, because some of us will be able to get there, some of us will not, and just, um, you know, basically recognizing all groups, and for me, the biggest part is access, having that um, ability to provide access to um, just anybody, you know, no matter their religion, race, um, orientation, and whatever it is that may be um, a potential barrier to break that so we can all have the same opportunity to get wherever our goals or wherever we want to get to.
0: So you kind of potentially already answered this, but I just wanted to ask it more more specifically, you know, on, in your work, and you said a lot of things about access, just kind of your thoughts on equality versus equity and what the differences are because i think that gets thrown around a lot too and i think anytime there's a you know somebody with a perspective on it it's good to see that uh just to see if that helps register with anybody else
1: yeah um so i i feel like equality it's a word that i like i want to say they almost equal the same thing but obviously
0: sure
1: don't and equity is more of Creating equality, I would say. So, what I mean by that is, yep. um, you know, we can all say, like, oh, you and I have the same equality. It doesn't matter. But in order to get somewhere, I maybe have to work a little bit harder, or you, whatever, whichever way we want to yep. go, but I'd have to work a little bit harder because I come from a different background than you. And so, um, equity comes in to where you're given those resources, or, you know, you get those extra resources to then be on that equal playing field with someone else. Um, So I think it's just that extra step to creating equality. So, you know, we may not all have the same, um, you know, socioeconomic levels, we may not all have the same, um, like, just the way people view us, whether it's, Um, you know, male versus female, race, whatever it may be, Um, you know, orientation, someone may come in and not, you know, see you on the same, in the same way that they'd see someone else because they haven't seen that. Um, So just getting there and my specific work um, that I did was focused on cultural humility. Um, Uh And a lot of that is, you know, recognizing the fact that we don't know everything and that's okay so being able to come out and say you know what I will not say that I know how to be in your shoes because I've never been in your shoes but now that I see who you are and what you represent I can go back and educate myself and get to that point to where I know where you're coming from I understand I'm actively listening to everything that you're saying to be able to then implement it in my practice in my life in whatever so it's essentially realizing and being aware that I'm going to run into people I'm going to meet others that are different than me that I won't know about but I'm open and willing to learn about it and will actively do so
0: definitely I think I saw somewhere or somebody had said it like the best example they had for equality versus equity is like, we both need a pair of shoes. I wear a size 14. And so they just bought two pairs of size 14 shoes, which works great for me, but probably wouldn't work so well for you because 14 is like huge shoe size. (laughs) But it would be. I would need that to would,
1: cut it in more than half.
0: Yeah, that, so that would be the equality. Well, you both got a yeah. pair of shoes, but then the equity yeah. is actually giving you what you needed in order to then be able to bring up to it. And I think what you just, you know, everything you said with access and understanding that. um, I love that. Huge. Yeah, it was a, it was a good. One. I was like that. I I fully understand that mm-hmm. one there. <laughs> um. So you mentioned, you know, cultural humility and your work there, but you know, what else kind of drew you to, and as I'm using quote per your Twitter bio, um, an equity warrior and just kind of what, excuse me, what does that look like for you? You How do you implement that into your life and, you know, really push, help try and push that forward?
1: Yeah. So it's, to me, it's very personal. So Um, I've I've made a couple of like Twitter posts about it but I don't like it's not I think like oh you know I'm not like out there I don't know recording my life story but um, I'm an immigrant and I came to the U.S. on a religious asylum when I was six with so with my parents Um, I was born in Belarus and like you know I'm this will be dating myself, but we came to the US right as the Kremlin wall was falling. So essentially, um, communism was still there when I lived there. Um, When we came here, communism was essentially broken down. But, you know, we know who's in charge over there. So nothing's like really happened or broken down. But we came here on a religious asylum. um, And what that means is we didn't come like, it wasn't like, Hey, hop on a plane and come to the U S it took us about a year to get here. So, um, we were in different like refugee places, um, in Austria, in Italy. So in Austria, we were there for three months in Italy, we were there for just over six months. And then we got to New Jersey. So my first U S state was New Jersey, the garden, the lovely garden state. um. So, and we lived there in Newark, New Jersey. So we lived in the projects when we did get there and uh, it was very like segregated. Um, So like in the projects we had, you know, one building, it was like five buildings. One building was the Polish um, immigrants. The other building was the Russian Jewish refugees like us. The other building was the African-American people. The other building was the Puerto Rican immigrants. So it was just like this, um, big meshing pool of everybody living in these um in this housing and so um i did like i feel like most of my life um or most of my like childhood growing up we were like I was trying to repress all of that because it was like assimilate 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 and once I started doing my grad work um, in my master's program and especially my doctoral studies it was a lot of like, well, what can, what can I bring to the table? Like what, what do I know? Or what have I experienced that I can, you know, what can I focus on my dissertation on? What can I focus my studies on? And I just kept like relearning about myself and like where my family came from, you know, and a lot like even before us coming to the US, like my grandparents were in the Holocaust. And, you know, just like a lot of those different things that I don't want to say like, I completely repressed, but at the same time, like, I was so busy on trying to fit in and be what everyone else was or like everyone else that I didn't really like really focus on why I'm even like what I'm doing, why I'm here. So a lot of it was relearning about myself. And then with that, um, I started focusing on, okay, how can I now be um, an advocate, a sponsor and an ally? And the reason I say that is because obviously I'm white. So I have that white privilege all over the place where, um, you know, I work really hard on assimilating. So I don't have an accent. Um, You know, if you see me on the street or wherever, it's like cool. And especially now. So um, my, Denmark is my name by marriage so my Russian my my original name is Natasha Drukarova so you know I don't introduce myself as in that to people it's Natasha Denmark so everyone's like okay cool that's
0: kind of what I was asking <laughs> at the beginning because I didn't yeah. want to butcher that um, so I appreciate <laughs> you saying it now and in the correct way yeah
1: yeah exactly right now, yeah I just say Denmark um, much easier much simpler <laughs> Because, yeah, like my whole life, and um, I did not even have the A on Drukadova. I did not have the A on it until I became a naturalized citizen at 17. Um, So it was just Drukadova with a V at the end. Um, And then when you become a citizen, they look at all of your paperwork, obviously, like your birth certificate, and they're like, "Uh, what, what happened to your A? And I'm like, well my mom dropped her a and so i was like i thought i could drop it and they're like no only adults like i was under 18 so they're like only adults can drop it and i was like great whatever give me back that a which i <laughs> like if i would have known like the i'm not even going to like go to the nicknames that i was called growing up um but like the american way of saying drokarov is drukarov so you can imagine like where those different names and things like that went. So um yeah, so <laughs> relearning about myself, re- relearning who I am, but again, I present as white, I am white. Um and therefore, you know, my journey is something that I can use as empathy as knowing like okay, you know, where you're coming from, we didn't have, you know, money like I had to work since I was um, technically 15 and could get a permit from school. But before that, I worked, you know, like under the table jobs for my dad's company, different things like that. Um, So I can use all of that to basically, you know, help others get to where they need to get. And so we hear a lot of, you know, reference to ally. Um, and so to me, ally is just like someone who's there to support you. And I love that word. I'm here to support everyone. But I think the two other important words is advocate and sponsor. And advocate, um, I think I've heard others talk on your podcast before about advocating. So, you know, if there's, you um, you know, something happening or something in your realm that you can talk about with like advocating for salaries, advocating for hiring, better hiring practices, you know, like really focusing on hiring people of color, people of different backgrounds, orientations, whatever. So advocating in that sense, and then sponsoring is like really putting someone up front. So recommending someone for positions. If you know someone, a person of color of, you know, different background orientation, um, sponsoring for that person to get into a specific either field or get into a specific job or get a specific salary because, you know, you either know that they don't make the same as other people or, you know, that they need that, um, you know, to basically get somewhere. So I think, um, and they can all get there by themselves, but for me, I'm always that person that's like, okay, yes, I will back you up in here. I will, you know, whatever you need to do, or if someone asks me for my opinion, and I know at my current job, that's a lot of, you know, like I'm in a higher role. So a lot of times we have leadership meetings where we're talking about, okay, who can we promote? So I'm always the sponsor for whoever, I feel like hasn't been given the you know right opportunity because of whatever hasn't been seen because of whatever, so um yeah, so it it again, it's very personal to me um, and I try to just take my privilege and be that sponsor advocate and ally wherever I can be
0: well, first, thank you for sharing all of that story uh I really appreciate you sharing that and I just really goes to show like you don't know what people have been through or where they're coming from because I'm sure from the outside you you know just looking at everything we have from here you're working for a fortune 10 company obviously doing pretty good and like you you know from there and you kind of look at all that and you would probably would have never known so I think it's just another important reminder that we don't know what we don't know about people Mm -hmm. and so
1: exactly
0: Check check judgment before you before you get too far into it.
1: Right.
0: Um before we kind of talk more about that kind of corporate healthcare thing, I didn't want to just kind of brush over any of the DEI stuff. Is there anything else that you kind of wanted to touch on there that we didn't um that you feel is important?
1: Um I mean I I just I appreciate you advocating for it and having different guests on. And I just think that, you know, it's not like, sometimes I hear people say like, Oh, it's a phase. It'll pass. I don't think it's a phase and I don't think it'll pass. And I think that it's important that we keep, Um, these conversations going. And, you know, all of the research that's coming out by our fellow Twitter versus (laughs) AT Twitter people, I think it's important to um, take all of those, like, research, all of that research, all of those dissertations, and really emphasize them and really look into um, the different studies that people are putting out and just keep talking about it. So, Thank you for that. And then, um, yeah, just anytime, you know, anybody else that's watching, listening, keep it going. Keep, keep those conversations going.
0: Totally agree. Uh, So shifting, (laughs) what is your role? um, And what does the work in corporate healthcare education look like?
1: Yeah. So I so now um I'm in leadership. So my role has changed a little bit. When I first started, um essentially I was a trainer of medical education and that's um for pharmacists, nurses, um physicians, anybody that works. So I work for United Healthcare. I can put it out there. That's fine. Um United Healthcare, one of the biggest um healthcare companies, insurance companies, one of, you know, um not everybody's favorite <laughs> company to hear talk about. Um, but essentially I started out as a trainer and in order to get into these, in the, into this position, a lot of the times they ask you to have the background. So they ha- ask you to, you know, um, be a registered nurse or be a physician or be a pharmacist or be a pharmacy tech or be a medical bill or whatever area you're going to go into. And I had, um, an associate who helped me get the job, and so you know, I told them like, "Hey, I'm a healthcare professional. I've worked in healthcare for the last like ten plus years. Um, I just don't have the title of a nurse. I don't have a title of a physical therapist or a pharmacist. It's a little bit different." So she basically had me write out everything that I've done, and I did that. And so when I went into the interviews, I told them, "Hey." you know i'm nationally certified um i was licensed in arizona when i was you know working there so um there's you know these different things here's what a- what athletic training is here's you know what we know what we do and so on so um i got the job based on that and then you go in and you help all of the you know same thing with our continuing education units essentially it's continuing education for these employees for united healthcare Awesome. Uh, now, yeah. Now I'm just in a role where I do project management. So I have a bunch of trainers in the position that I was at and I give them
0: work. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, maybe that part doesn't totally correlate till this next yeah. question, but there might be a way to do it. Um, how <laughs> is your background in a, working as an athletic trainer, you know, being in the profession been an advantage in this role? Or the roles yeah. that you've had, yeah, however you want to frame it up. All, right.
1: all, yeah, all of it. I think, I mean, I think it's huge. I think um, athletic training, I mean, essentially everything. I think um, just even now, like I actually had my review earlier this week for my position and one of the comments that a lot of people like we have 360 reviews so other people Mm -hmm. give comments about you so one of the comments that i had that like my boss put into my review was you know like able to relate to others able to make them feel comfortable and work well with them and i think for me that comes from athletic training so even if it's not like the healthcare professional part it's still i feel like we are more down to earth than some of the other professions and so just you know being comfortable in who we are what we do as athletic trainers has you know helped me like I'm in this corporate world where everyone's like oh I'm so cool and I'm so great and I'm like that's great now let's talk about this like let's you know go here and let's you know how's your day going how's life so I think just that, like, relaxed, even though, you know, like, we're professionals, we know everything, but having that, like, more of a relaxed attitude has helped people, like, get closer to me and help me accomplish all of my goals, not like, not my work goal, but like our goals to successfully provide education to these healthcare professionals that I work with. Um, I think that's one. To as a trainer, again, like I trained medical terminology, I trained on medical conditions and things like that. So it's, it wasn't just like, oh, here's a curriculum, like now, um, you know, just regurgitate what's here. Like, I actually knew all of that stuff, or, you know, was able to um, pull from my education and pull from my experiences working at, you know, the high school, D1 um, clinics, and so on. So Um, I think the education definitely helped and the experience in the field helped with putting being able to put not only examples into my training situations, but also like, you know, confidently state the information because there's been a lot of trainings in the corporate world that I've been in that I'm like, oh, like, this is kind of boring. Like, let me, you know, let me just write down notes or whatever else. So trying to like really spice it up has, you know, been fun with bringing in examples and bringing in what we do as athletic trainers.
0: Awesome. Um, just kind of a, to tail off of this, you know, if somebody as we're either listening to this, you know, you mentioned this has been a decent career change with small kids. Um, mm-hmm. I know something similar going from a university setting to more of a clinic setting because we have a Two and a half and seven-ish month old oh, currently.
1: Similar ages, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah very very similar um and just seeing that if somebody were interested in trying to like break into this area of work recommendations ideas that you would have for them?
1: Yeah so I mean I, I think there's you know when you look at um job postings I would just use the keywords medical educator, um, you know, ed- educate healthcare education. So mm-hmm. changing those words up, um, anyone can reach out to me too. Cause I feel like, you know, there's always people being hired, but I, I would also look, you know, cause I feel like we look at hospitals, clinics, things like that. Um, look at insurance companies, look at different things, especially I know now with like at least, United Healthcare but also I know with like Blue Cross Blue Shield and a lot of other insurances a lot of the jobs are remote and I think um, I know on Facebook that I'm part of like the athletic training moms group Mm -hmm. on Facebook and a lot of the moms in that group have gone to like medical billing and coding in order to get remote jobs, which is great if for people who love that. Um, but you know, similar like if you're looking for remote work, I would just mostly like change the vocabulary that you are posting, um, and look in different educational sites, things like that. Again, like I think that opening up our way of searching for jobs is sure. going to be important. And I think like even, um, you know, I I always tell my company like, and it's so big and like the hiring process is so ridiculous. Um, I always tell them like, go to fairs at you know, colleges, go to these different places, if you're looking for, you know, different things, Um, you know, I can even present in athletic training programs, um, things like that, you know, like, I've, I've tried to do that with my job, too, where it's like, you know, we're, we go to different job fairs, there's people that represent others at the job fairs and things like that um but they also just look in like business and they look in um you know again specific to like nursing programs Mm -hmm. uh, physical therapy programs things like that and they skip over athletic training because they don't know what it is so me coming from my world I'm like all right like let's go to this athletic training program or let's go talk to these folks so I think it's advocating on both ends like for uh, for me on the inside, like getting my company to go there, and then for others, when you search, just you know, search for everything. Like don't don't be stuck to the areas that we kind of always look at. If that makes. I, sense.
0: Think that, I think that's great advice. <laughs> anything else around that that we haven't covered? We kind of covered the little gamut of questions I had for you, but anything else that we're missing that you wanted to talk about?
1: um I don't I'm sorry I'm looking through the questions so you're good (laughs) um no I think we covered it all um based on those questions um you know I know you have at the end like for the contact stuff but again like if anyone has questions I'm always there to answer them um and yeah I think I think it's important to like continue to explore our horizons as athletic trainers to have more opportunities and be recognized. Like I know we always talk about we're healthcare professionals and that's great, but like, you know, where else can we be recognized to get those jobs or to be in position to get those jobs?
0: Absolutely. Ready for the athletic training chat questions.
1: I am.
0: All right. First one, where do you see athletic training going in the next five to 10 years? And you can kind of set a specific example or just a much broader swath.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go broad here. Um, (laughs) I think we're going to keep expanding. I think um, I agree with others that say that the master's level is a good choice. I think it creates a little bit like more steps to climb. But at the same time, I think salary-wise, recognition-wise, it's gonna be great, I think we're gonna in that five to ten years, we are going to be in a lot more places than we are that than we are even now, so I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see where the careers grow um, and just again, you know, we can't stop advocating for a lot of these things because I feel like they're slowly happening, but in five to ten years i I just can see us in many more different places than we are now.
0: Yep. I think there's a lot of growing pains that we are realizing with the switch that's causing some problems and the shortage and with you gotta take a little, you know, obviously address that now, but take a little bit of the long view of, you know, it it isn't gonna just happen overnight. Um and that's okay, but it'll it will happen.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think like even um you know, we talked about the JUCO to master's pipeline, which is yep. I feel like a long process, but even having those programs, like collaborating with those programs, um, I would love to see that in the next five to 10 years.
0: For sure. Um, next one is what advice would you go back and give yourself as a young athletic trainer? And if you could kind of set, you know, when that would be in your career?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would honestly, I would go back, and I like everything. I've heard this so many times, and it's so true. But I think I would go back and like tell myself at probably like um the math when I was in when I was a grad assistant, like tell myself at that point that there is more to athletic training than working. D1 or at a college setting, which was, like, always my thing, and I was at ASU, Arizona State University, um, and I was excited and happy, and I was like, you know, now I have this background, now I can go and succeed, but I also wanted to move back to California with my family, and so that wasn't um, much of a, you know, it was a hard, like, I was looking for jobs, and, you know, I ended up taking jobs at, like, fifteen sixteen dollars an hour with a master's degree which is insane like I didn't stay there long right (laughs) Right. you know just so that I can survive or whatever else I was you know I worked a lot of um, intramural and club sports and different things like that to try to get to where I wanted to be and that wasn't you know working out I did I was really interested in industrial athletic training and I took like we have um we have a couple of companies here that at the time, like this was a long time ago, right? Um, they did mostly per diem shifts and they still do mostly per diem shifts, but they did per diem shifts. So I pick up, I picked up some of those and I just, I would like tell myself to stick to it or to like, you know, explore outside of collegiate athletics. Um because I feel like now there's just so many options, which I love sharing with my students and with anybody that's interested. Um, but at the time I was like, I just need a job. Like I just mm-hmm. need to make money. I just need to um, you know, do this, this, and that. So um I burned out quickly. And that's when I was like, you know what? I need to step away because I was working per diem jobs, I was, you know, like, that was my main income was all these per diem jobs. And um, I ended up working at a college doing some like career advising, things like that. So I was working like 20 jobs, and I was tired. And I was like, I'm just gonna take a step back and focus on education and like teaching and things like that. Um, But yeah, so, you know, keep working hard, but also at the same time, like, recognize where you are and go out and search for opportunities that will make you happy as not just an athletic trainer but as a whole person
0: love it what has been the most influential resource that you found in your career
1: um so i know everyone says this but definitely networking (laughs) Uh, there's probably
0: a reason why a lot of people say it so there's nothing wrong with that
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Networking, networking, networking. My mentor, who's like, he doesn't know it anymore probably because him and I talk like maybe once every couple of years now, but we still talk, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But my mentor from Cal State Northridge, um, he's the reason that I was able to be a grad assistant at ASU. Um, And from there, you know, There also my my fellow classmates at CSUN. I worked at Cal State Long Beach, and I got that job through a classmate. um, You know, to be an athletic trainer there. And then, as I mentioned, my current job I got through other networking, um, just working with people that um, were in healthcare but in different capacities. Um, So networking there, getting my current job um, or the company that I work for now. Uh, So networking is important, really, really important. The other piece is um, why I'm always like come to convention. Um, So I'm a key volunteer in the Career Center at NATA every Mm -hmm. year. So um, please come visit me at the Career Center. But again, networking the way that I was able to get and key volunteers is different than volunteering like hourly. Key volunteers, you're essentially Working with NATA, they pay for the whole co- um convention. They pay for room and board and other things. Nice. Um, probably okay. Edit that out. No, I'm just
0: <laughs> all of a sudden there's going to be an influx of volunteers, right.
1: <laughs> right? Um, but I got that because I was volunteering at conventions and then. I I like had an affinity to the career center so I got to know everyone there and now like I talk to those people um and they just they work for membership for NATA so I was able to network with them and get there so yeah networking mentorship um super super big
0: awesome as an AT in your role how do you take care of yourself
1: Um, yeah. So I think working from home is one way I take care of myself. Um, it's, I, I don't like, and I don't like people think like, Oh, you can clean the house. No, I don't. I take the time to like work out. Um, when I like right now, my eight month old, she's with us until we probably won't put her in daycare until she's like 12 to 18 months. Um, but she's with me. And so um, when I have someone helping here, a nanny, a grandma, whatever, I'll make sure that I work out. Um, I try to like get my nails done and my hair done. That's like my, um, you know, fun, like true self-care. But I think the working from home, the being able to work out whenever I want. um, I try to sleep sometimes. (laughs)
0: Yeah, you
1: know. <laughs> I don't get any sleep. I don't know about you with your seven month old, but we're still we're still waking up every. Well, I'm still waking up every two and a half hours, so um, sometimes. I don't.
0: I, I don't sleep. talk about our situation, so <laughs> I'll, I'll just say I, I sympathize with you to a degree. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I have. Um, I've come to, uh, a healthy like okayness with my both, <laughs> both of my kids not being sleepers
0: gotcha uh, so
1: it's all good but yeah so we, you know that's what I try to do is get some sleep exercise and go on uh, appointments to get my hair and nails done
0: there you go uh, if you could change or eliminate one thing it could be a modality a common practice a mindset within the profession what would it be
1: yeah so this one when I saw this one I was like okay I gotta like I have to think about this um so I've been like thinking about it and I'm still like there's so many things that I would like add <laughs> and take away sure sure um, so I think there's like an array of things but honestly like one of um the biggest things and I mentioned this in what I would like go back and tell my younger self but again it's Um, I know that it's athletic training. I know that most folks get into athletic training because we want to work with athletes. Um, but I would challenge that mindset and I would change the way that our mentors and different people that maybe we interact with present athletic training because, um, I think that it's so much more than that. And I like, one of the reasons that I love listening to your podcast is like hearing what people have to say, like what athletic training means to them, what they've done, you know, all of these things, because it really helps me like solidify this point because everyone is just so much more than someone who works with athletes. Everyone has so much to bring to the table. And so I think that, us changing that small mindset and helping just anybody get into athletic training. Um, I think that would expand the group of people that we get that would expand those that do come in because of athletics to really, um, you know, understand and work with, anybody and everybody and so they all like you always have a fallback you always have a plan like in case you're you know because I'm not saying don't reach for the stars please do but there's always you know opportunities that you like you said with where you are opportunities that we may have not known we're going to like be our like world become our world become our like love um within athletic training so
0: awesome and you alluded to it. So here's the question. What does being an athletic trainer mean to you?
1: Yeah, so I, to me, it's essentially like small three words, or I don't know how many words it is, but helping others, two words, (laughs) Um, helping others, and that can be And any like helping others get better return from an injury, helping others be healthy and stay healthy, helping others reach their educational goals, helping others reach their career goals. So whatever it encompasses, that's what athletic training is to me like that's why I got into it. as I changed majors in undergrad, I was like, Oh, like I always love to help others. Like, this is a really great route to go because I love athletics and I love to help others. You know, we hear that a lot, but I think helping others in all capacities and all the different ways that we can get them to, um, where they are or where they want to go as a person, not just, you know, an active person or an athlete. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Um, you kind of alluded to it before we got into these, but if people wanted to follow you, connect with you, whatever it may be, what's the best way for them to do that? And uh, we'll link all this up in the episode page um as well. So
1: cool. Um so Twitter, which is where I do most of my ATing on, it's N Drew Mark. Um, N as in Natasha, Drew Mark, as in both of my last names combined. Um <laughs> Instagram, uh, I think I think I've made everything private, but Instagram is Natasha D eighty three. Not to age myself, but I liked it because it rhymed. Um, but also <laughs> aging myself. <laughs> um, Facebook is just Natasha dot Um, so my first name dot my maiden last name. Sure. And I also have a website, it's just natashadenmark.com. I didn't put that on here, but that's more of like, I use that when I apply to different jobs or different like boards or wherever I apply to.
0: Awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking the time um, and sharing um, all of this. And now knowing for sure you're going to be an in Indy and that I'm most definitely going to be there, I will be swinging by the Career Center Yes, um, to remember. say hi if not something else so uh, uh it's not somewhere else in the whole place but
1: yeah and now we're in registration so like if even if you're just registering we'll be right there
0: there you go looking forward to it thank you again for taking the time being flexible and getting this scheduled i appreciate that and i can actually say this look forward to meeting you here and not the not too distant future
1: yeah, I look forward to, to it too. And it was my pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much for um, reaching out after I reached out. And so thank you for having
0: me. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. Uh, Our guest was Dr. Natasha Denmark, who is always focusing on education both from the JUCO side and through her job. Super interesting, uh, just the different aspects her career has been able to go and, uh, the things she's been able to do that aren't necessarily traditional within the athletic training profession. Uh, just by listening, you are supporting us in our Throw a Lifeline program. Uh, we, we get a little bit of revenue from the ads, which we appreciate you listening to, which then we are putting 100% directly into uh, our program um, to make sure that we're getting these pieces of equipment to the people that need them most. Uh, we want to sports medicine for contributing the kit to go along with all the materials that we are able to get out there thank you again for listening if you want to check out more uh, go to clinicallypress.org and there will be more information on that what's all included and other ways to contribute if you're interested thanks again for listening